that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And, of course, here comes our friend Thomas. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And here's my, I love these kind of ways the Lord deals with things. Jesus saith unto him, I am. <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Spirit or the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to try to teach and preach and minister a little bit this morning on I've got some place to go. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. We are living according to the scripture in troublesome times. These are not easy days. Some things are very subtle. They tell me that the, I mean I've read, so they tell me, uh, that the snakes that are, have inhabited the Everglades in particular, the python, and uh, that they actually not only in blending in with the environment in which they find themselves, but they also are extremely capable of being still, just no movement. And uh, in training dogs to sniff them out and find them so the hunters could kill them and begin to get them clean out the Everglades because they're in being there, they devour everything. And uh, they say about the only thing that's maybe close to a standoff is a, a gator because sometimes they swallow the gator and then the gator with his claws is able to claw his way out. But there's not any other natural predator that is here in the Everglades to offset this Burmese python. And... Uh, but my point is, is that they brought in, they trained dogs and they brought them in to be able to hunt out and point out where the snakes were at, or a snake was at maybe. And um, <clears throat> one of the things they had to train the dogs about the python was that there's a kill zone. And there was a, they had to train the dogs to stay out of the kill zone. They could just get too close to that Burmese python, and that would be it for the dog. So you'd lose a hunter. And uh, it's important that in this troublesome time in which we live, that uh, we also deal with a serpent. Uh, that's one of the titles for Satan, that old serpent, the devil. And how that he would like very much to, and continues, shall we say, to disrupt the lives of everybody on this planet. He is very subtle, is my point. He knows how to, at times, lay low. And he knows how to bring in his plan. He spoke through a leader one time, years and years ago now. Uh, and that leader said, we're going to bury you without a shot. So they weren't going to come in like six guns blazing, so to speak. But they were going to be much more subtle, much more crafty. And they would use, in other words, we've learned that they would use our own laws. And they would send in uh, young people to go to our universities. And uh, I'm no fan of our universities, to be quite frank about it with you. Uh, they seem to be extremely godless, and they want to. I had one dad here in town told me, he said, when my son went away, who eventually became a doctor, but he said, when my son went away to a four-year college, he said he was, a, he was of a certain belief system, a conservative belief system. And he said, we would always talk and communicate. He said he came back four years later, and we couldn't talk anymore. He said there was no no conservativeness about him at all. Become extremely liberal, 
extremely left-wing, and there was just no, no talking to him. And uh, there are many, unfortunately. I read also that Castro made a statement before he died, of course, and he made this statement. He said, nobody goes to university unless they believe like I believe. So that was the plan, wasn't it? To get everybody to believe like he believed. I have, I don't want to get into any politics whatsoever, but I am talking about how that minds can be programmed and they, people can be swayed and their outlook on life can change dramatically. And they studied, I always believed that Cuba was a model, that they, everything down there was done for the purpose of study. They wanted to see what was the best way to take over a country and to get the results that they wanted to get. It was bigger than Mr. Castro, certainly was. I do believe that many times so-called leaders are nothing but puppets and pawns, and they're used by those that have a way of laying very still, blending into the environment, and that they're, they're able to promote what they're wanting. And they themselves, I used to think that they were unwittingly, they were pawns of the enemy, Satan, that old serpent, the devil. But I'm not so sure about being unwitting anymore. Recently I read, and this was recent, that a family and the head of the family that's pretty well known throughout the world, and uh, he was asked a question, and he answered it this way when they asked him, if he believed in Satan. He said, yeah. He said, we worship Satan. He said, what are you going to do about it? So sometimes the, what was the old game, the jack-in-the-box, <laughs> you know, sometimes it comes out. It pops right out. And it just, you know, they get so bold that there's not anything that they're afraid of, not anything that cause, gives them pause. More and more, it's, it's becoming uh, their way of life, their attitude, and they're not afraid to speak it. People that have uh, been involved with uh, lifestyles that are opposite what the Bible teaches, and that's the whole thing that Satan's after. You realize that. He wants to eradicate everything that has to do with God and God's teaching. He wants to wipe it out. And... Uh, he wants to change it. So he doesn't want one man and one woman. You know, He set in to make that multiples and divorces and remarriages and all kinds of things without end. But of course, that wasn't enough. He started introducing unisex. He didn't want there to be a male and a female. And uh, on his way to promoting that, then he brought in a tremendous wave of the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, that has, was said to me by a minister one time in reference to homosexuals, said there's so many of them now. And that was quite a few years ago. So I'm telling you that we're well past that marker. We've seen that mile marker in our rearview mirror now. And then now, as we remember that there was the promoting <clears throat> of not only that kind of lifestyle, but also that they, the people of that kind of lifestyle made this statement. They said, we don't want to just be accepted. Oh, they want to be accepted, but not just accepted. Say, we want to be the lifestyle. That's their goal. But, you know, we had a young man here. I knew his parents. I believe they both passed on. The young man took his dad's church. And, uh, but during his growing up years, uh, he became very um, proficient at playing the piano and singing 
along with preaching. And he, uh, he wrote a song. He said, sin will take you further than you want to go. And behind sin is unbelief, and behind unbelief is the devil. And he, he doesn't want you to believe this Bible. He doesn't want you to follow its principles and its teachings. He doesn't want you to be able to be pastored. He wants you to be full of rebellion. He wants you to rise up against God and his teaching just like he did. And having done that, he then set in one of the things that you will find about backsliders is that they don't just backslide on God by themselves. They want to, they feel that there's strength in getting others to go along with them. And that's where Satan caused the first split when he took a third, he convinced a third of the heavenly host, the angels, to go with him. You know, one, one third of a hundred is 33.3333333. Okay? It's one of those repeating fractions. But uh, what I'm saying is I don't have a number. You can come on up, David. It's okay. We're glad you're back home. Maybe sit in front of Brandon and keep him focused. So let me say that <clears throat> Satan, I don't know what he got a third of other than the heavenly host. I don't know what the number is, but I know it's a big number. I know the Bible talked about an innumerable company of angels. So there's a bunch of angels. But we're interested, of course, in those who kept their place. You know, the Bible said and teaches you that Satan and the third that he pulled away, and as Jesus said in the days of his earthly ministry, he said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven as lightning to the earth. And they, you know, they had a lot of trouble with things Jesus said, just like Thomas here. He wasn't trying to be smart aleck or unbelieving. I don't believe that was his spirit at all. But there were those that were that way. We're always trying to catch Jesus in his words. Always trying, always murmuring and complaining and finding some way to, to figuring some way that they could find fault. And here's a, the leader of the whole place standing up saying, I find no fault in him. <laughs> I've examined him. I've checked him out. I find no fault in him. No, they didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to hear that at all. They wanted to crucify him. Well, the devil did. And he, he was determined that he was going to infiltrate among the minds of people, the hearts of people. And, of course, he did. And they, like the innumerable, and I say innumerable because I don't have a number for you, but a, a number of those angels that were listening to Satan so much that they finally got convinced to go with him and follow him and in so doing, the Bible teaches that they kept not their first estate or their first dwelling place. Place. But you know, Jesus was teaching here to, the, to the, that which would be the body of Christ. They were the body of Christ in training, if you please, right then, because the church hadn't yet been birthed. I got to witness to a man. We, this is our replacement piano up here. And thank God we have that. But our, our piano got a sticky key. That happens sometimes. And so I brought it to the gentleman that was recommended to me, and he's getting a little up there in years. And I was a little short of, uh, of help. So I had to bring my trained mover with me, which would be my wife. <laughs> and I said, okay, girl, jump out. and You're going to help me carry that piano into the house, the guy's house, his office, his home office, and it looks like his home shop. I'll promise you that. And uh, way out there in the boonies, I think they call it the acreage. My God, I'm going to tell you what, you're talking about people, houses and people and, and villas and all kinds of things. It just keeps going and going and going. I don't know if you kept taking it, but what you might wind up in North Lake or something like that or Jupiter, I'm not sure. But it, it sure kept on going. 
And I finally, unfortunately, got off that paved road and got on that dirt road where the, where the horses go and they leave all their residue. <laughs> and uh, when I pulled down his, his, he was outside waving his cane at me. So I backed up into his driveway and me and the boss got out and we, there was no heavy and light side. If there had, she would have got the heavy side. No, I mean, she would have got the light side. <laughs> and uh, if it was any, any way I could have done it all by myself, I would have done it. But I, God forget, for, forbid that I would drop it and make it worse. So the boss helped me and uh, we made it into the house and, and uh, she went back to the car, she said, to recover. <laughs> and I told her, well, we're not too far from the chiropractor. But anyway, we, we got through it. She got through it. Thank God for that. But anyway, I, I, we put it where he wanted it. He had a nice little table with a, a blanket over it, and we set it on there. And there wasn't another place anywhere to set anything. I promise you that. And uh, he, he wanted to start moving some stuff so we could have a place to sit. I said, that's okay. We've really got to go. I said, so we're going to leave this with you. And... Uh, but I didn't go too fast because the Lord opened the door and I got to witness to him. And I was very happy about that. He needed some information, so I got my card and uh, whipped my card out, you know, or did my flip on my coat, whipped it out from the back. And that's where I carry it until Sister Alice makes my holster. But anyway, I got that card and I, I gave it to him and uh, I said, everything's on here probably that you need and then some. And uh, got to tell him that about that verse on, on there, that Acts 2.38. And the uh, door opened up. We got to talk a little bit. He, you know, he's kind of got some knowledge, a little knowledge of the book. But unfortunately, he's got too much religion in there. Got way too much religion. All kinds of mixed up, mumble-jumbled things. That, and that's unfortunate because there's a place for him. There's a place for everybody in the body of Christ. And you need to know that. You need to realize you're fighting for your place. Fighting for it. Don't give up the fight. Don't lay down. Don't let the devil have his way in your life. He's subtle, he's crafty, and I'm not bragging on him. I'm telling you his characteristics. He's sneaky. Yeah. And Jesus is looking for people that have no sneakiness about them. And how he dealt with Nathaniel when they brought him. And he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile, no sneakiness, no dishonesty. Oh, boy. He said, From whence knowest thou me? I knew you before you were sitting under that tree out back yonder, which wasn't in the line of sight at all. And uh, he marveled. He right away, he started believing, you know. And Jesus said, that convinced you? <laughs> said, You're going to see greater things than that. Oh, come on. You get in the church, there's great things for you to participate in, great things for you to see, great things for you to experience. Oh, yes, you need to believe that. And you need to fight for that. You don't need to let down. You don't need to be led away with the error of the unbelieving or the wicked. They're in the same boat. Oh, yeah, you don't need to let that get a hold of you by any means. Even the dogs are warned, don't get in the kill zone. I'm not sure who talks the dog language. Ruff, 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 ruff. I don't know how that works. <laughs> but somehow, somehow they, they teach the dogs. You know, they speak their lingo. I'm talking about a college. It's up there at Duke University where they train them and they teach them. And uh, however they do it, <laughs> however they do it, but you know what? God talks everybody's language. You better know that right now. God talks everybody's language, and he knows everybody, and he knows them by name. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Amen. There's no fooling God. There's no tricking God. There's no getting around God. No pulling any fast ones on God. You can try, but you will fail. You will fail. Far better. Great example. Tell about the elderly individual, just like this man. 
And uh, I have all ideas. He was married 50 years when his wife passed away. So what you think? I think he's up there a little bit. Got to be at least 52, right? I'm just seeing if you're still awake. That's all. Okay. So he's up there a little bit. And, uh, and in talking to him, I'm trying to convince him that there's a place for you. Don't give up on it. Natural minds, he said, he said, married 50 years, and he said, that's it. I'm not going to get to see her no more to know her. And he's right about that. I'm not going to know anybody after the flesh. But first of all, you got to get there. You know, you got to get there. Yes. And to get there, I told him three things right there on the card. And he looked at the card again. I said, repent, number one. Then I'll baptize you in Jesus' name, number two. God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, number three. You get that. That's the most important. You don't want to sit here service after service, sermon after sermon, song after song, praise and worship going on all around you, kids running the aisles, you know. You don't want to let that just roll off your back like water off a duck. You don't want that. You want to absorb this. You want to take this in. You want to realize that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. You don't want to come in here with all your prefixed ideas. I don't tell that preacher. You got the wrong preacher. You think you're going to tell me what to do. Sorry. I'm just telling you. You got the wrong guy. You better go down the street somewhere. Okay. But if you want to go to heaven, you better stay right here and you better be pastored and you better listen and you better fight off the devil and his sneakiness and don't get in the kill zone. Don't get where he can get you. Amen. I've told many a person, I can tolerate most anything. Okay? I know you don't believe that. But it's true. I can tolerate most anything. Put up with anything. Work with anything. But don't touch my saints. Don't touch my children. Don't touch my flock. Don't mess with my sheep. If you become a threat, then you're on the wrong side of my sword. And I'm going to come get you. Okay? I'm going to get that spirit. I'm going to get that devil. I'm going to cast it out of here. not going to tolerate that. And if you have trouble relating to that, and you just think about your little old youngins maybe that you have or do take care of or grand youngins, someone childlike, precious in your sight, you know. I'm pretty sure you'd put yourself right out there and say, you can do whatever you want to me, but don't you touch that youngin, you know. Yeah. We're not, we're not, fortunately, we're not like them Old Testament folks, you know, that they, they would pass their children through the fire. They got all mixed up. They, they absolutely started worshiping false gods and building things and bowing down to it. And God had warned them and told them. And man, God got angry. And I'm telling you what, you don't want to get God angry. He gets angry enough just with excuses, much less with you start worshiping so-called other gods. You know, and isn't it crazy when you think about it? You look back through the book and and. And Aaron, he throws, he throws some, he did the right thing with the jewelry. I will say that. He threw all that away. He melted all that down. That was good. That was good. We don't need none of that. We want Jesus on the inside, and that's where Moses straightened it out, didn't he? Moses came along, got, he, he said, what's going on here? What are you doing? He's on his way down the mountain, and he's at that stopping place where he placed Joshua, and Joshua says, yeah, I think they're having a good party down there. He said, no, no, no. He said, that's not what's going on down there. That was, a, that was the ear of the inexperienced, still in training young man. But to the experienced man, he said, no, 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 we got a problem. Time to go. Let's go. Man, when he got down there, walked into the camp, and he sees a golden calf, and they're dancing around it, partying around it, you know. There wasn't no kind of worship going on. That wasn't the kind of party was going on. It wasn't a worship party, a worship service, not at all. No, sir. Nothing but flesh, out of control. And so 
Moses took that, buddy. And I love what uh, you got to get. I'm telling you what. People can say, and, and of course, they can sound so childlike because children can bring the most unbelievable stories and excuses to you, you know. And so he says, uh, Aaron, what's going on around here? He goes, he goes, the people, they, 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 just, they just gave me the, the jewelry and I threw it in the fire and out came this. Oh, really? This is a grown man. This is a high priest. This is intelligence. This is the best and the brightest. And that's all he can answer us? I threw in the, I threw in the gold and it came out. Oh. Like I put bread in the toaster and pop, it came out. <laughs> you know? I go. Some of the ridiculous excuses. So much better when you have that moment, you know, you have that call into your heart and you can come to God and you can just confess it up. And you can keep doing that for your whole life. Once you get born again and you're in the body of Christ, we don't, as a regular rule, rebaptize you every week, you know. Oh, I did it wrong this week. Can I get rebaptized again? You know, they, they, back in the days when they baptized in the creek, the preacher, the old preacher said, if we did that, we'd keep the creek mighty muddy. So, so you know, we, uh, but once you're born again, once you've repented and you've emptied out, and then God, you get baptized in Jesus' name, and then God fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then you're in the body of Christ. That's some of what I witnessed to the man and told him about the body of Christ. He stopped for a minute. He goes, one church? And I said, yeah, and the church isn't the building. The church is the body of Christ. And it's for everybody, everywhere, you know. And so you want to... Realize that once you come into the body of Christ, you've been birthed into it, then uh, from there on the Scripture teaches you. If you say it wrong, now I know none of you folks ever say it wrong. You know, just suppose with me that you said it wrong or you did it wrong or you acted wrong or you stubbed your toe or you made a bad decision or you, God forbid, you left out of my presence and went out and disobeyed what I told you. Sure, that never happens, but, you know. But uh, just that, suppose that that did happen. Then your way out is that you can confess, and he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Isn't that nice? You can bring it to God. You, can, you know, you can talk to God. Yeah, you can talk to God. Sure you can. And you want to take advantage of that that you have access, but you got to come with confidence. you got to come boldly. you got to come with confidence. You've got to believe that he is going to hear you and answer you. And if you're repenting, then he's going to forgive you because that's what the Bible teaches. And that's a beautiful thing. Now, it's not something to take advantage of, you know, not at all, because you can get to a place where, you know, what did the Bible talk about? Kind of like when you go to iron that pretty blouse or your, dad, your husband or dad's shirt and you get, you get distracted, not because there's a television on. No, no, not among us. That wouldn't be. But maybe, you know, the kids get to play and they knock something over and you run off and leave the iron on that garment. You come back and you go, whoa, I've scorched it. And there's no fixing that. But I'm so glad to tell you that in the body of Christ, my God can fix it. With a sincere heart, he can fix it. Predicated on your repentance, you're sorry. You realize you made a bad decision, made a bad mistake, went in the wrong direction with it. Conscience, part of your brain that tells you right from wrong, you know, that and the Holy Ghost, Paul said, were in agreement. He had a lot working there, <laughs> you know. It's enough for your conscience to get working on. You know that's wrong. Don't do that. You know don't say that. Don't go there. Don't act that way. You, your conscience is just beating you up, you know. Just, you're like the punching bag, and it's just working you over with combinations, you know. <laughs> but then on top of that, you got the Holy Ghost. Woo, brother, you know. You start making a little step in the wrong direction. Bam. It's just going to hit you. And you've got to be sensitive to that. You don't want to fight that. Yeah.
because you've got a place to go. You've heard people say, I, I got to go. I, I got somewhere to go. I got somewhere to be, you know. We're not living aimless lives. That's for people who have gone in the way of Cain, and, you know, and uh, Korah, those kind of people that they've gone in the wrong direction. The wrong spirit has gotten a hold of them. Jealousy's gotten a hold of them. Money's gotten a hold of them. Pride's gotten a hold of them. And they've gone in the wrong directions. And they, they become clouds without rain. They become fruit that's twice dead and plucked up by the roots. Yeah. They become spots in our feasts of charity. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens. That's why we that's why we have prayer. <laughs> we want to keep things updated. Because I got news for you, we are not infallible. You know? We can I'll give you an example. You're driving along in your car. Nice Sunday day. Wow, man, it's getting warmer. It's really nice out. Oh, somebody pulls right in front of you. And you're oh, I'm gonna get on. Whoa. It didn't take but a minute and a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the truth, brother. That old competitive nature rises up. That old flesh rises up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had one pull, pull in front of me the other day, man. I mean, my wife said, that was a honk. You should have honked. <laughs> I said, I believe I'll let that go by, honey. Come on, let's just go. <laughs> we didn't have a wreck, thank God. We could have. I mean, that guy cut, took that left turn, and I'm going straight, just cut, had that little car, and they thought they were... Mario Andretti's what they used to call them. I don't know any of the names anymore, but you know, oh, one of them race car drivers, and and uh, I got a good look when it went by as a woman. <laughs> I thought, okay, well, isn't there a Dana Patrick or somebody like that? I don't know, some woman driver. I don't know. <laughs> you read about it in the paper, but whatever. Uh, I'm just saying, people can, you know, the devil has different ways. Uh, the old saying, try to get your goat. You know, we 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 sheep. Okay, we sheep. And we need to be true to our nature, which is God's nature, Holy Ghost nature, that he's given to us when we got born again. And we've got to die to things. Sure we do. We've got to die to this flesh. Man, that flesh wants to rise up, you know. It wants to rise up. And it can happen in a heartbeat so quickly. We've got to stay sensitive because we've got a place to be. We've got a place to go. We've got something beyond this life. And we need to realize that. This whole everything, when you look at the sun, you look at the moon, you look at the stars, you look at the expanse of the heavens, the sky, and you look at a map and see the vastness of the earth. And uh, you can look, even now, they, they've got all kinds of pictures of the earth from the space shuttles and stuff. You know, So you can see all kinds of things. And, but you've got to realize that you've got something bigger and better than that beyond this life, beyond this life. Some people, the only, you know, I, I often tell it. It was a great sign when I saw it. And, and the guy kept telling me, the piano guy kept telling me to keep selling that life insurance, that fire insurance, excuse me, that fire insurance, you know, keep you out of the fire, right? I said, well, I'm going to keep him out of the fire. I'm not going to have to worry about having insurance, but I'm sure he was referring to salvation that he doesn't know. But anyway, uh, be that as it may, I'm saying we've got people that seem to be very content and maybe intent on going to hell. They think it's going to be a party. They think all their friends are going to be there. And that's just what the devil promotes. That's what he wants. But, you know, he's going to lead this world. You hear me? The population of this world. He is going to lead them to fight against God. And then what the book said that the, the man... Uh, that was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a member of the Supreme Court back in the day, and, and he told them as they pulled in the apostles, some of them, and took them before the council and said, we're going to, they were, they were pretty much intent. They were going to beat the socks off of them and maybe, maybe throw them in jail or maybe kill them or whatever. It was bad and, uh, because they were preaching the name of Jesus Christ. And, uh, oh, yeah. You, you know, people say Jesus, 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 almost like a parrot, you know. And uh, 
I um, they claim, you know, they just love him. You know, they go to this church, they go to that church. You know, I said to one of them not too long ago, right here in this town, I said, as a matter of fact, I was going to the hospital. Her husband was a preacher in this town, and he was in the hospital sick. And then I went to pray for him. Took one of the young preachers with me, and right over here at Palms West, and uh, he was in the intensive care unit, and went in there, and and she was standing outside. I don't know why. It was just the Holy Ghost, I promise. It just came right out of me, and I just said, right across the expanse, and her standing in front of the door of his, his unit. And I said, um, said, are you baptized in Jesus' name? And brother, she turned every shade. She was madder than a hornet. And she just, she just I thought she was going to sock me. And, and uh all of a sudden, she just swallowed it all, and she went, yes, yes. Well, that's people for you. Oh, we love Jesus, but then baptized in his name? And mad as a hornet, you know, just rise up against it. I've had many people in this town react that way. I took a young preacher one time, preacher in training, down when we used to have what, what we called the country club. It's the little restaurant down there on the, the dike or close to the dike. It's closed, been closed for a long time now. City owns the property and the building, I believe. I'm not sure, but I think so. And um, but they had, used to have the Drawbridge Cafe down there. And it was kind of a Sundays after church, different ones from the congregation would go down there and eat. And, uh, yeah, we, we went down there. And, and uh, when we got done eating, we were leaving, got in the car. I said to the young minister, I said, so, How'd you like the thing? What'd you think? He said, I felt a big spirit of rejection of truth. And I said, well, you discerned that one exactly right. Exactly right. There's a lot of people that we've witnessed to, a lot of people in this town that we've told, knocked their doors and give them tracks and told them the truth. And I said, and there's a lot of people that have rejected it, rejected it, rejected it. At the same time, the other side of their mouth said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I ain't getting baptized in Jesus' name. Does that make any sense? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But we're talking about spirits. We're talking about crafty, subtle, sneaky spirits. And he can come in all kinds of ways, but the bottom line is the same. He does not want you to have the place that he gave up. He does not want you to get in that body of Christ and make heaven your final home. He doesn't want that. He wants you to fall in some kind of fuss with the church, the preacher, the truth, somehow, some way, he wants to trip you up. And he's, he's developing this world and has been doing it, I guess, for at least the last 2,000 years, if, and I'm sure longer, but I'm, we'll pick on the New Testament time. And, and uh, absolutely trying to program hearts and minds to not believe in God. He don't come right out and say, don't believe in God. You know, he's, he's more subtle than that. He's more crafty than that. You know, he's, he's sneakier than that. But the themes, people sit there and they watch television. They go to the movie house. They, they let Hollywood constantly program their mind. Subtle. There's, there, there's even what they call sublimial uh, suggestions that they can give. You never even realize it's coming at you and it's going into your mind. And uh, they did a test one time and they, they sent sublimial suggestions while they were watching a certain program one night in a certain town, and they said that uh, they suggested to them that they were thirsty and they should go buy a Coca-Cola. That night, everything inside of that town was sold out of Coca-Cola. Everybody was going, 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 you know. And it was a test. They did it on purpose. They studied it. And you better understand that if, if I'm going to get programmed I want the church to program me. I want God's spirit to program me. I want the word in my heart. I want to react in life and make the turns and the, and the steps that I make because of what the Bible teaches, okay? That's what I want. I don't, I don't want to be doing it because Hollywood is telling me to do it. I don't want to base my thinking on worldly ideas and principles and tenets that they have. You know, remember, he said nobody goes except they believe like I believe. Don't you understand that's what the devil is doing? Don't you understand he, want, he left? He left his place. He absolutely gave it up 
And that's what he wants people that are in the body of Christ to do. And, you, and he can provide heavy, heavy, heavy rationalization. He can bring in all kinds of excuses, you know. You remember what your Bible said. I'm sure you do. The talents were given out. I got five. Earned five more. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, I'm cutting to the chase here. And the other one, he got two. He doubled it. Well done, well done, well done. Going to give you more. Okay. Comes to the last one. And he says, how about you? He got one, one talent. And he said, well, he said, I knew how you were. I knew how you were. I knew you were hard, strict. I knew you were the kind that, you know, you reap where you didn't sow. So I, I took what you gave me. Invested it in the earth. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig a hole and I put it in the earth. I wrapped it up in a towel and then I put it in the earth. Well, you can get wrapped up in a lot of things, church family. The Bible told you to be not entangled with the things of this life, the affairs of this life. Okay? You don't want to get all caught up in everything that everybody's doing and how they're doing it and what they're chasing. And they wanna the spirit of it wants to pull you right in. They claim that there's certain phenomenons in, in the heavens, in the sky, and space, I guess is a better way to say it, and that it's like a hole, and that if you get too close to it, it just pulls it in. They said they've lost whole constellations going right through that. Okay, well, I'm not into all the astronomy by any stretch of the imagination. I enjoy looking at the stars. I enjoy the beauty of God's creation. But I am trying to tell you that Absolutely, there are things that will have such a gravitational pull that it'll, it'll take you right in. Spirits are attached to things. And you, you don't want to get too close. They train, train those dogs. Don't get in the kill zone. Don't get in that kill zone. You're too close. Stay back. Okay? Yeah. You've gone this far. Don't go any further. All right? Got to. But you see, the thing with sin is it's, not always that easy to cut off. You know why? Because sin is, can be very addicting, just like a drug. It can be very addicting. And psychologically, you want it. Physiologically, you want it. If you can, you know. They showed, they sh in the paper, they've showed pictures, this is old for me, but uh, of, of guys that, and I'm sure girls too, that uh, we wouldn't want ladies out now wouldn't but uh they play games they play games and boy in our generation you know yeah i was one of the boys was sitting the other day and we have only screened and uh hopefully educational type games and uh he's sitting there and he's playing and i come walking in i said hey i said you must be on privilege today and he turned and went, yeah, I bet. Boy, I saw that and I thought, okay. <laughs> He's definitely into that. <laughs> got his mind, got his attention. And I'm glad it's here and it's under control and it's not anything bad, you know. It, we've often said if, if there's a right way to do it, we'll do it. But when there's no right way to do it, then we do what the book said. We abstain from it. We don't have nothing to do with it, you know. So you have to. Remember your goal that, and, and, what, and that you have an enemy and that you, you are fighting. You are to be fighting the good fight of faith, okay? You want, that's one of the things in Revelation. It was, it was the faith of the saints, you know, that was given the overcoming victory. And we want to be the overcomers. We want to sit down with them in his throne, so to speak. Oh, yeah, we want, there are some promises there. We want to reach those. We want to accomplish that in our lives. I'll tell you, these people are going to absolutely, they told this they, and reported it in the paper years ago. They said that, that they were drill, drilling over maybe in Siberia or something like that, and they were drilling. They wanted to drill to the center of the earth. 
and they they were drilling, and they got pretty far. They got they got you know heading towards the core of the earth, and they said that all of a sudden none of the workers would go to work. They were being paid good money, but they would not go back to work. And they asked them, why not? Why why won't you go? We're almost there. We're, no, no, not going, not going. Why not? They said, the screams. I said, we can't, we can't take it. You hear me? You can't imagine. It's beyond our imagination, but it's not beyond our prayer. Not beyond our prayer. Not beyond the spiritual realm that we have access to. I could name her, and uh, she may be in a nursing home now, or she may be dead. I don't quite have that update at the moment. But they had a, it was like a youth camp. All the young people were there, and she was sitting on the front. She was a pastor's wife. And uh, they said that she was sitting there, and all of a sudden, she popped up and ran to the back of the church and collapsed on the ground. And when they were able to, you know, get her to where she could talk a little bit and quit crying and screaming, <laughs> she said, I saw a vision of hell. She said, it scared me. It scared me so bad. Everybody that I've ever talked to or they told me of somebody, one preacher he was very, very deep in prayer. My pastor prayed for him when he was just a boy. And uh, he grew up to become an evangelist. And uh, they said that he was praying. And um, I don't know if he asked God or God just showed him. But he showed him a, a vision of hell. And the way he did it, the way God did it, it was like what what we have in the, in the lobby, a big monitor, big screen. But it was like every, everything around him became like that and just shooting images at him everywhere he looked until he screamed. He said, God, shut it off! Couldn't take it. And he actually had a nervous breakdown over it. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's nothing pretty about hell. You don't want to lose your place. There's nothing worth losing your place over. You know? Esau. You know? Traded away for a... Somebody said Jacob stole it. Jacob didn't steal nothing. <laughs> Jacob bought it, that birthright. They made a deal, friend, a contractual deal. <laughs> yeah. Bowl of beans. A bowl of beans. We're going to trade away eternal life for, for a video game? Yeah. I know one preacher that was used very greatly of God worldwide in the truth. He preached the truth. Had a, had a nice-sized congregation and building and everything. Came up as a young man. His dad was a preacher. And he, uh, he told it himself when he, when he went out. He said it started with one glass of wine. Just one glass. That's the devil for you, ain't it? Just, just, one, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Take you further than you want to go. Unbelief. He's got the door wide open and flight attendant. Come on. Come on with us. Come on with us. Yeah, he'll take you further than you want to go. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been on a, a train or a subway. Maybe even a trolley, uh, but maybe missed your, your stop and you're getting off place. And it, uh, next thing you know, whoo, you know, yeah. We've got a place to go. We've got a place to be. We don't want to, we don't want to miss it. Not for anything. I know there's a lot of good minds here and a lot of good imaginations, but you're not going to ever be able to come up with anything. That's worth trading your place for. Not all the money in the world. Hear me. Not all the credit in the world. Not all the trinkets in the world.
to where you put them all on, you look like a Christmas tree. And everybody, they don't see Jesus. They see your Christmas tree, you know. Is that what you want? Or do you want, do you want everybody to see Jesus? Do you want to reflect Jesus in your life? You want people to be drawn to you because of what God has put in you. That's what you want. You, know, you, want, to get, you want to get to that place, Jesus said, I've prepared a place for you, got a dwelling place for you. He said that where I am, you can be also. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to be with him. I want to be with him for all eternity. World without end. And I'm telling you, it's going to be one place or the other. Religion will tell you, oh, we got an in-between place. And you go there for a little while, and, and everybody's praying for you, and, and they, every once in a while, you get released. Somebody gets released, and they get to go to heaven. That is the biggest crock of rot. That is nothing, <laughs> nothing but false teaching and false doctrine. You'd be surprised how many people believe it. Millions, millions believe it. Probably in the neighborhood of 700 million believe it. Oh, yeah. My wife's mother, I asked her one time, I said, uh, I said about being baptized. And she said, I was a baptized. It's a good Jamaican lady. No. <laughs> Got that accent going on there. She said, I was a baptized in Aroma. Oh, in Rome, okay. Well, she was born over. She said, they baptized me with the garlic and the oil. And she named I don't know how many things. And so finally I said, actually, you sound more like a salad than a baptism. And uh, we had a little laugh over that. At least I did anyway. And, uh, but, you know, they'd have their family meals. Everybody would come in, you know, Uncle Dom and, you know, Aunt so-and-so and Cousin so-and-so. They'd all come in, you know, sit around the table, big old table. And they'd, they'd eat a big old meal. When they got done, they'd start again. It was the most amazing thing. I don't know how they put it away. But, of course, Dom was about, you know, I don't know, maybe four foot five both ways. Bless his heart. And, of course, that meant he had the biggest mouth and the most to say. Well, he got after it telling, telling my wife, who, you know, I would let her go maybe for a week, two at the most, because I'd run out of laundry, so I'd have to call her and tell her, get back here, girl. So, um, but I'd let her go up back up there to see everybody, and the kids were little, and they, they wanted to see the kids. And we tried to be nice and work with things as much as we could until we couldn't anymore, and they made that that way. But uh, she, uh, she was, had talked to her uncle and uh, witnessed to him, and uh, she said Fell did, and, uh, oh, you know, he just, he just lit up. He lit up. He started in with all. And people, oh, people can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And he was just talking up a storm, you know, with all his junk. And, of course, there's no Bible. There's no chapter and verse. Everybody said amen. amen. Just, just a lot of words. Just a lot of smooth and, and speech-like words. That's all it was. You know, sometimes a pretty bad speech, too. Or maybe the speech is just poor speech. I don't know. But anyway, you know, I used to get a kick out of the down at the bank of Belglade, there's a lot of Spanish there, and they, they got their desks and they got their places, and they're talking to one another all across the lobby, you know, and, uh, and they'll be going in Spanish, and then all of a sudden they'll go Coca-Cola, and back to Spanish, and I'd crack up laughing, I'd say, what's the matter, there's no word for Coca-Cola in Spanish, you know, and they'd laugh, you know, we'd have a big joke about it, and, uh, and many other such type words, you know, but anyway, that was, that was kind of going on there at at the, the old house there, and, and uh, since it fell, was just witnessing, and uh, the uncle started in, and boy, he just started in with the words, and he started saying all this junk. And um, all of a sudden, a most unlikely source, my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, the mill, she spoke up, and she told him. She told the uncle. She said, and pointed to since it fell and said, She's right. I think she, she fell almost fainted right about then. <laughs> I say, what? <laughs> did you say I'm right? <laughs> you know, but she did. She said she's right. I mean, and she shut him down, and she shut that uncle down, and she said, I've read it. See, because he fell to been re feeding her the book, 
and she was determined to prove Jesus fell wrong, so she started reading the Bible. <laughs> well, that was perfect. <laughs> You'll read yourself right into conviction. That's what we want. <laughs> we got nothing to hide, baby. It's right there in the book. And, uh, and so she, she just absolutely stood up. And there was a bunch of them there, but particularly that, that one. And, oh, man, she told him, said, said, she's right. She said, I've read it. And said, she's right. Mm -hmm. But she never would obey it. Never would obey it. Never would make that turn. Never would obey it. I remember when his, her father died, and they, we went to the funeral. And um, it's a very uh, religious type thing. And I remember we had to go in a room. They had like a side room, kind of like we would call Sunday school room maybe. And they had, they had these guys all sitting there. Oh, man, they looked like, I don't know what you would call them. They just looked terrible and just dark and ugly and clouds over their head or whatever, you know, just terrible. Very depressing atmosphere, I guess I'm trying to say. And lo and behold, they asked me to say something. I, I wasn't expecting that at all, you know, and that, them in that place. And, you know, I didn't think they'd do that. And I hadn't been in the church too very long. But I got up there, and I, God just gave me some stuff. And when I got done, people were smiling. They were sitting up straighter, and they were pretty happy. Felt good. And uh, so I, I stepped down and went and sat, and, and then those guys got up, you know. And on all this junk, and everybody starts going down again, <laughs> you know. But after it was all over, they got together and they talked, and they told Senior Sifel, they said, you know, your husband said he made us feel good. He said a lot of good things, a lot of true things, you know. And, uh, you know, these other people, they, they just made them feel, you know, it's like the guy that was, he got told, he, he said, we're up here trying to, to get everybody going, excited and happy and live another day and go forward and all of that and have a will to do. And he said, you're down there in the basement digging holes, man. <laughs> you know, you got some people that are just all full of depression and negativity. And everything's no good. And this is no good. And that's no good. And the other's no good. And we're stupid enough to listen to it. Hello. What's your IQ anyway? <laughs> Minus three? What are you doing? You know, we don't have to lend an ear to the enemy. We don't, we don't have to. They, they say, what's the old saying? Speak to the hand because the ear ain't listening. I wouldn't even want to get that on my hand. <laughs> you know? I like what Jesus said. He, said. he said, get behind me, Satan. He said, man, I don't, I don't want you out in front of my face. Get, get behind me. Get out of here. We don't want to hear your junk. You know? I'm not fellowshipping the devil. I got news for you. That's why I don't go to the club. Got delivered from that years ago when I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. All the rock concerts. Who wants to be among all that junk? They're singing one night and committing suicide the next. Yeah. A lot of spirits there that they entertain. A lot of drugs. A lot of, a lot of bad environments. A lot of bad places. Every time you turn around, you're reading about another one. Yeah. Had all the money. It was a big dog. And he lost all his money. And he became a little dog. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And wind up taking their lives. You know? Bad things. Spirits. The enemy. The enemy. He's out to get people. And he's out to get this world. He's going to convince this world. Come on. Get with me. We're going to the fight. We're going to the battle. Oh, man. And that's, that's going to be the last roundup, sure enough. Because I promise you, Jesus Christ is going to whoop the socks off of the Antichrist. And all of those that are with him, and you don't want to be with him. You don't want to. One president said, lend me your ears. Well, you better be careful what you lend your ears to, what you're listening to, okay? All of us need to be cautious, especially in this day of social media. Huh? Watch out. All this stuff wants to slither its way into your life and into your home and into your heart. Okay? You've got to stand up. 
And you can, you know, you can guard the wrong thing. You can, I, we, one time we were having trouble with break-ins, so we had somebody that wanted to get rid of their dog, and so we got the dog for a little while. And, um, of course, he got spoiled so much, I don't think he was good enough to guard, guard anything then, except maybe, you know, if you went to get his bone. Oh, brother, then he snarled, then the teeth came out, then the growl from deep in the belly, you know, came out. <laughs> and, you know, that's us. That's us, too. We, we get something we, we're protecting. We don't, we don't want that. Oh, brother, we don't want the preacher digging around there. Oh, no, we don't want him trying to take that bone away. No, 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 no. And the very thing that's going to be bad for us, we're protecting it. And the one writer said, I told you, the man on the Supreme Court that stood up, and he said, you don't want to fight against this if it's of God. Get that straight in your mind. What's of God? We want to fight for it. We want to get behind it. We want to promote it. We want to, we want to let it shine to a lost and dying tri-city area and a whole county and state and nation and continent and around the world. You know, Just think, you could be in China like that if you'll pray for them. Hmm? Pray for them. Pick any country you want. I always wanted to go to Russia. Get down and pray about them. Pray for them. Ask God to save them. Ask God to help all the people that are over there that have the truth that are trying to witness to them. Some of these countries, you can't just go in and, and, and get a place and start having church. Not allowed. It's illegal. They won't let you do it. So we sometimes we go in and start schools, go from there. There's, it's been said where there's a will, there's a way. Well, we got the will. I love it when people tell me, I'm coming to church, the Lord willing. I said, he is willing. Don't try to pull that junk on me. I can already tell you that he's willing because the Bible tells me he's not willing that any should perish. That means he's willing that everybody, all men would be saved. Oh, yes, we want to we wanna see people come in. So know what you got. You got some place to go. Everybody said, I've got a place to go. You know what? One of the big problems facing us today is homelessness. People don't have any home. They sleep on, in parks and on benches and even in gutters. And they make themselves little makeshift places here and there. They're homeless. Now, I'm not bringing you a bleeding heart thing here. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just trying to tell you, you are not homeless. You have a place. Huh? Yeah, you got a place. I read it to you. He said, I'm preparing a place for you. Don't get the idea that he's up there with a hammer and a, a nail and a, a ruler. And We're talking about the God that speaks things into existence, whole worlds, things beyond our imagination and our eyesight. Oh, yes. A great God, a mighty God, a holy God. And who are we that he would be mindful of us to give us a part of it? Oh, yeah. I know, I know you, you think you would like for, I don't know, maybe Mr. Trump or uh, what's that other guy, Berkshire, what's his name, has that big corporation. He came in here and put in the, the dollar thing over there. It's not Dollar Tree because it's only a dollar at Dollar Tree. That one's not. That's Dollar General, I guess. Yeah. Anytime my wife wants to take me, wants me to take her to Dollar Tree to get Sunday school stuff, which was yesterday, for an example, um, I can pretty much figure my Saturday schedule is built around Dollar Tree. Anyway, um, I make her sing the song. <laughs> you know, Dollar Tree. You know, I don't know how it goes, but you know, she'll sing it. And then she'll go off by saying, and I don't know the rest of it. <laughs> But she gets that part where everything's a dollar. And, boy, that gets my attention every time. But uh, whoever the guy was that built the Dollar General over there and financed it or whatever, I can't remember his name right now. I can't believe y'all don't know. What's wrong with y'all? Wake up. Come on. What's his name? Warren Buffett. Thank you. Thank you for waking up and telling me. Okay. And you can come to the platform now. Everybody said praise the Lord. 
Got to move them up here, so I'll, I'll wind down here. But Jesus made it clear, church family. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. There's a lot of troubled hearts. There's a lot of people upset. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that are literally beating their heads against the wall. And, uh, and they're sick and they're diseased. They've got every kind of problem, every kind of problem. People that have more money than they know what to do with, but they got problems. They got problems. We had a young man years ago in the church in Miami, and he was kind of like, I don't know why, but he got asked to say something. He was young. He, he wasn't even 14 or 15, and he, and he said, he, whatever he said, and then he said, I, I want everybody